What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, April 30th, 2015, and you guys listen in to episode 207. Big shout out to my daughter, my beautiful baby girl, Sophia. I love you. Uh, today is um, her third birthday, and uh, I cannot wait to see her in a couple of days. Um, you guys have a great show. Okay, uh, that I'm about to give you here a lot of stuff to talk about on episode 207. Um, we're on the bus tour. I am doing this podcast from my hotel room in Lexington, Kentucky, and uh, we are doing the second to last show. That's right. We are almost 24 hours away from being done with this tour. We have a show tonight in Lexington, tomorrow in Evansville, Indiana, and then that is it. And then Saturday we will celebrate this tour by going to the Kentucky Derby and going to see the Mayweather fight. It is going to be an absolute fucking insane Saturday. But we still have some work to do. There is still a task at hand. Uh, But before I get into the show, let's get into the sponsor, the Verzi Effect Podcast Show is sponsored, as always, by GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame for your best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Comedians like Doug Stanhope, Hannibal Burris, Ralphie May, Joe Matarese. Hey, some guy Paul Verzi, you might know him. Uh, Chris Lamberth. There's just a ton of comedians. Sean Patton. Bunch of comedians, and uh, it's in-depth interviews where you could really find out uh, about your favorite comedian's journey to where they're at and what they're doing and how they got there and all that stuff. It's run by a funny up-and-coming comedian Dave Gavry out there in Chicago. Dave runs a great site, and um, it's really good. So check it out, gonzofame.com. And as always, the Verzi Effect podcast is on the best podcast network, all things comedy with the best podcasts in the world. Uh, and uh, I am proud to have the show on the network. You can follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. And uh, you can go to allthingscomedy.com. But great podcasts. Not only the Verzi Effect, but uh, Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, Ari Shafir, Jason Lawhead's Lawhead's Court. Um, There's just a ton. It's the best podcast network that there is. And uh, please check them out and support them because they support comedians to the fullest. And uh, they are about the artist. And uh, they're the best. Okay. So... Uh, We are here in Lexington. We have a show tonight. We have a show tomorrow, and then we are done, like I said. Um, The cities that we have traveled to uh, since the last podcast have been um, New Orleans, then Huntsville, Alabama, Jackson, Mississippi, um, and uh, and Mobile, Alabama. And uh, it's, it's been nuts. Now, I want to talk about New Orleans for a second. We had an amazing night in New Orleans, but I got to be honest, okay? You want to talk about putting them in a cage. You want to talk about fucking animals. New Orleans was saved for me because of something we did the last night there. And before we did what I'm going to tell you we did, I wrote the place off. All right? I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to be real with you guys about the New Orleans uh, scene um, New Orleans is one of the most dirty, disgusting, overrated cities in the United States of America. Now, that being said, it also has some of the greatest food and some of the coolest places to go to in the United States of America. So it's very tricky. It's a very weird thing because Bourbon Street is an absolute shit show. 
The French Quarter is now an absolute shit show. It is tourists running around with cheap, shitty, frozen drinks. Um, you know, chicks not wearing anything but with their fucking fat guts hanging out, their fucking tits out that are painted with paint. It's fucking disgusting, to be completely honest. And we're looking around, and even Lawhead and his girl, Lawhead's girl came to hang for the, you know, to, to the show and to hang in uh, New Orleans for a couple of days, and it's just dirty, man. It's dirty. It's like, you know, you can't tell who's homeless, who's not homeless. It's just a bunch of fucking dirty people out there, and, uh, you know, I gotta be honest, you don't have a fully safe feeling. Um, now, there are a lot of tourists, so you are, you're safe in that sense, but it's just, it's just weird, and... The show was incredible. We did a theater. We did a theater out there, the Sanger Theater. And it holds 2,800 people. It was sold out. It was one of my favorite shows. It was a grand, beautiful stage, beautiful setting for comedy. It was insane. It was fucking insane, okay? Like, it was, it, it was so big and grand. It was almost like, wow, that's almost like too big to even do an HBO special or a special there. That's how insane it was. I mean, you can and it would be great, but it's just so big. And it was amazing. And the crowd was nuts. I had a great time in New Orleans. I really did. I had fun doing my material there. And I had fun doing uh, some of my new material there. And it was amazing. Now, luckily, there were some Hollywood people that came out. There were some people that knew Bill. And um, so... Uh, Jeremy Lyons came out. Jeremy was a guy who was in Mallrats with, um, you know, Kevin Smith's Mallrat movie. And I heard they're doing a second one. Then um, there were some actors out there. There were some writers and directors. And um, these guys all came to us like, man, that was so funny. You guys were great. They got on the tour bus. We had some drinks. And um, the director, this writer-director guy, because I don't know if you guys know, but a lot of movies and a lot of, you know, Hollywood stuff gets made in New Orleans now. It's kind of like... <clears throat> it's become what like Toronto and Vancouver was and it's kind of becoming what LA is now. Like a lot of movies are, are shot here in New Orleans or, or shot there in New Orleans. We're not there anymore, but that's what I'm talking about. So um, this director was on the bus and he liked me for whatever reason. I mean, he liked us. He liked my set. He liked all of us. He was into talking to us. He wanted to hang out with us. And then afterwards he was like, uh, he texted me the next day and he was like, look, if you guys want to go to a really nice dinner, I know the chef there, and like you know, I could have you guys get some really nice treatment over there. Uh, you know, f thanks for the, you know, just thanking you for the for the show. It's like, oh man, that sounds great. We didn't know. Now Lawhead didn't go because him and his girl were together, and they're only together for a couple of days. He's not going to see her for a while. So me and Bird decide to go. We get this eight o'clock reservation, and we had to get in a cab, and it was like ten minutes away, away from the shittiness, away from the crazy nutty spring break feeling of these fucking animals running around, right? And, uh, you know, so we go, and we go to this place called Commander Palace. Absolutely beautiful. You had to dress nice to be there. They brought us upstairs. We're in this glass room. We're eating this insane dinner. They had, like, soft, soft-shell crab. We had filet mignon. It was just an amazing, an amazing dinner. And we're like, oh, my God. And Burr is like, dude, I'm glad you got to see this part because I know you were ready to write the place off. And I was like, this is the New Orleans, Louisiana I wanted to see. You know, upscale, nice, like where people with like a little bit of fucking money go to eat. And not in a cunty, douchey way, just to, where you got to put on, put on fucking something over your, cover your feet, you know. And we do that. And then we asked, um, we asked our waiter, we had this waiter, Patrick, and Patrick was cool. Shout out to the waiter, Patrick, at Commander Palace. And we said, listen, man, we want to go to a cigar lounge, but we don't want to go to a cigar lounge that's like, 
on Bourbon Street or in the French Quarter with just that shit show with all those people running around. We don't want to do that. So where can we go? So he goes, all right. He goes, I got a perfect place for you guys. He goes, you guys got to go to this place called Dos Jefes. And he goes, and it's like, you know, it's a local place and the locals go there, but it's awesome and you get a cigar. So we go there and we go in this back room and we smoke and, and everything is great. And they have a humidor there. And they have this live band playing and this live band starts playing after we're there for a little bit. And it was such good jazz that I thought it was on the jukebox. I couldn't believe it was live. And like this little crowd develops. And they're just sitting there, respectful people, dressed nice, sitting there just listening to this music. And me and Bill are like, oh my God, this is great. So we're smoking a cigar and we're literally listening to these like guys playing like Fats Domino and all these hits and all these jazz things. And they, people were shouting out requests and these guys were nailing it. These guys are a band that have been together for a long time. So we're almost at this like little concert off the beaten path with the best music. And since it was Jazz Fest, everybody was spending big money to go to Jazz Fest like where all the shit show is. And even the guy singing goes, yeah, all those people are over there spending money. You guys are here in the right place or whatever. And we're listening to this great music. And it's such a great time. And we're drinking and we're into it. And we had to text Lawhead and his girl. They end up coming over because they wanted to listen to some good music. So we're listening to that. And we're, uh, we're drinking. We're smoking cigars. Then we start playing pool. And I'm competitive. Lawhead's competitive. So me and Lawhead, you know, we start playing each other. And me and him are having this epic game. And, uh... And then, of course, right when I think I got Lawhead where I want him, I scratch on the fucking eight ball. Or the eight ball goes in off a ricochet before it was time for it to go in. Anyway, these two kids come in and they want to play and we start playing doubles. And one of them is a ringer. And me and Lawhead, we do a best of seven series and me and Lawhead end up fucking winning the series. And they kept bringing in ringers on this kid's team. And we just fucking big shots, and we had this amazing night, and then Burr gets drunk, and me and Burr end up playing, and this team, one of the, they brought one ringer in who, like, they, Bill called um, ESPN, because the guy was like a fucking pro. He was insane, you know? He was absolutely insane. He was really good, and uh, yeah, it was great. And me and Bill end up beating them. And like it was just this fucking, it was one of those nights where it was like you stay in one place for four and a half hours, four hours drinking, listening to great music, just having a great time playing pool. It was just a bar, an epic bar experience in the city of New Orleans that I'll never forget after an amazing dinner I'll never forget. Not in the heart of the city, not where the shit show is. Okay, so that's what, that's what I have to say about New Orleans. Uh... I get it, man. They're a, a city that band together after Katrina. You know, I like the Saints. I like where the Saints play. There are definitely things in New Orleans that I like. But I, being honest, you know, if you're over fucking 23 years old and you don't care about the fucking craziness, and it's just an absolute fucking disaster. It's a shit show. Um, and like I said, you want to talk about caging animals? It's ridiculous. Um, so anyway, that was New Orleans, and then we went over to, um, Huntsville, Alabama, which was cool, and I have to give a shout out to, um, I have to give a shout out to one of the Verzi Effect, um, podcast listeners, I actually have to give a shout out to a ton of Verzi Effect podcast listeners, because I can't tell you, um, how amazingly overwhelming it is to go to these cities you know, opening for Bill Burr on his tour and having the amount of people say, 
I love the Verzi effect. I listen to the Verzi effect. I mean, in Mississippi, in Alabama, you know, all of these places in Louisiana, there's these people that are listening to my show religiously and, uh, it's really amazing, and people like I listen to every episode. I was so psyched you're on the show, and you know, same thing with Lawhead. It's it's really really cool. And um, one podcast fan in particular brought me a gift. Uh, Jason Burr, uh, no relation to Bill, uh, came out and he brought. He actually brought us all gifts. He brought Bill a hat, an Auburn hat. He he gave Lawhead this little picture. He remembered that Lawhead was on my podcast. And uh, Lawhead hates when people park in two spots. So we gave him this parking, this this picture of a parking thing that had a funny phrase on it. And then he gives me a T-shirt, and it was a it was a put him in a cage T-shirt. It said "People are animals," and put him in a cage in the back. It was one of the coolest fucking things a fan has ever done. It's gonna go in my office and stay there forever. Uh, you know, um, any art, like I said, any art that you guys do, anything that you guys wanna you know do or send or whatever. Um, if you go on to my um, if you go on to my website and you go to contact, you could send it over to my manager's office uh, on uh, I think it's one two three Bowery Street in New York City, uh, CH Entertainment, and they'll you know, and I obviously shot you out, and I really appreciate. It. But anything you guys want to send, it, you know, it's so cool. I put it in my office, and I'm really appreciative of it because um, you know it means you guys are just that big of fans of the show, but. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for the, sh- the the t-shirt. It was fucking awesome. The lettering on Put Him in a Cage was awesome, and I, I can't thank you enough. And uh, thanks for the other thing as well. This guy came in with, with gifts for us, and it was so cool. So uh, and, um, and then we did Jackson, Mississippi. And Jackson, Mississippi was pretty cool because um, we didn't know what to expect, you know. Um, and they, they were cool. I mean, they got the fucking Confederate flag hanging on the courthouse still down there, so, crowd couldn't have been all, you know, and I was fucking with the crowd, making fun of how they're racist, and, you know, I do this joke, which kind of, you know, says how much better Christmas is than Hanukkah, and they loved it, and I was joking with them on how they, you know, they love the, any kind of anti-Jew thing, we were just having this great, great time there, they were just, every, every place, you know, being on this tour down south lets me realize that any place you go, man, funny is funny, comedy is comedy, and people appreciate it. And, um, you know, all these shows have been amazing. We've done nine. We have two to go. And you're getting in front of thousands of people in different parts of the country, in different parts of the world. And when they understand what you're saying and they relate to you, if it's funny, they laugh. And that's the one thing that comedy gives. Not to sound corny or cliche, but it's the coolest thing. You know, to, to it's one thing to do it at you know, home. It's one thing to do it in New York. It's one thing to do it in the Northeast, the tri-state area, Jersey, Connecticut, or just in the, in the, on the East Coast. And then you go to the West Coast and you're like, oh, is it going to be different? And it's a little different because people have different views and political views and they're, you know, what they think is edgy. But at the end of the day, funny shit people can relate to is really what, um, you know, what, what people want. And, uh, you know... That's the coolest part about this, and that's what everybody is, you know, um, you know, feeling on this tour, and it's awesome. So, um, yeah, man, it, it's fucking. And then, and what? Then what did we do? Then we did, um, we did Mobile, Alabama, and um, that was awesome too. Mobile was. Uh, was cool, and each place is different, because it's got, like, a different setup, green room and everything, but then you just go out, and there's just these big crowds, and, um, I gotta say, the Mobile crowd, I think Knoxville, New Orleans, and Mobile were just the most insane comedy crowds that I've, I've seen 
but every place has been amazing. Really, every place has been like a, a very good um, feeling and um, appreciative in, in, in different ways. And we're just having so much fun. Lawhead and I, uh, you know, when Bill goes on stage, we're doing the thing where we get a drink afterwards. And the tour bus has been great. I do want to talk about the tour bus because the tour bus has been a little fucking nuts. Um, you know, it, it has. It has been... Um, you know, we had some great, we've had some really nice late nights on the bus and we've been talking and, you know, um, not going to get into what we're talking about because we're having these amazing moments together and the camaraderie, um, but we'll just sit on the bus and we'll talk comedy, we'll talk life and it's amazing to do that with, you know, telling jokes with your best friends and going through all this stuff on the road. But as far as the actual bus, I don't know if it's this driver, I don't know if it's this bus model, we're in a 2015, but like, it's not the smoothest bus. It's one of the most nicest, luxurious. It's a 2015. It's fucking insane. It's like a, it's, I mean, it's amazing, but it's just like when like you're laying there, man, like you're like, is this thing going to fucking tip over? And sometimes you feel like you're fucking just running over bodies. Like, what did we just run over? Why the roads are smooth? Why does it feel like that? And, uh, yeah, I don't, it's, it's kind of freaking me out. Like I'm laying there and I'm, I'm sleeping in the cot, which is comfortable, you know, in the bunk. And when the bus turns, you're like, if this thing fucking tips, I'm dead. You know, how loud are the fucking... You know what I fucking can't stand? And it's not my unacceptable, but you know what I can't stand? I'm sitting here doing the podcast in my hotel, and these fucking workers and these people that clean the other rooms are like outside just fucking yelling at each other or like talking less. Like, shut the fuck up. People are trying to rest. And if it's your guests, have your guests shut the fuck up. Unbelievable, man. You guys hear that? It's just a bunch of fucking dummies yelling. Anyway, um, so a couple of things to talk about. Something happened last night, which I was like, man, I want to talk about this on a thing. I don't know. It's an interesting story. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's basically about you know your instincts or street smarts, but something happened last night, and I'll let you guys paint the picture, or I'll let you guys think about what you think it was. But here's what happened. So we had a day off after Mobile to get to Lexington, which is a 10-hour drive. So in the meantime, we broke it up in two days. We stopped in Birmingham, Alabama to pick Jason Lawhead's father up because Jason Lawhead's father's coming to the Derby with us, and he's going to come with us on the last couple of dates. He was on the last tour uh, two years ago for a while. So we pick him up in Birmingham, and, um, you know, we are uh, eating. Jason's family was there because his uh, nephew had a communion. So they made brats, and uh, me and Bill and Jay and the bus driver ate some brats and some, you know, peppers and onions and a nice nice lunch. Picked up Jay's dad, Jim, get him on the bus, and we come to Lexington, and we stop in Tennessee to break up the drive because then today was a five-hour drive to get to Lexington. So that's our day off, was picking up Jason's dad and just stopping somewhere where we could chill. So we end up chilling out in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and our plan was to get out and go out tomorrow last night off and hang out. Well, we all get to our hotel and we're all shot, tired, and we just start sleeping. So the texts start going because we text each other from the hotel room. Hey, what are we doing? What do you want to do? So Bill's like, ah, I'm going to hang in. And then Jay's like, yeah, I could relax. I'm like, yeah, I could relax. And I end up sleeping from like 4 o'clock to like 9 in my hotel. Just pass out. But now I get up and I'm hungry. And, uh, dude, I'm going to fucking say something to these people. They're yelling so loud outside. I don't know if this is a fight going on. 
These fucking people, man. I swear to God, dude. Anyway, all right. I'm just going to get through this and hopefully it stops. So anyway, so I wake up. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wake up and uh, Jay's like, hey, what'd you do to eat? I was like, I didn't do anything to eat. You want to go get something to eat? And he's like, yeah. And then the Grizzly game is on. So maybe we'll get something to eat outside the hotel. We'll go down to the bus. The bus is outside and then we'll go watch the game. So I meet Jay downstairs. We eat. We get on the bus, we watch the Grizzly game, and somebody had brought us two little cigars, little Cuban cigars. So like, all right, let's go outside, smoke the cigar, and then we'll call it a night. We'll get to Lexington tomorrow and do all that. Great. Sounds great. So we, um, we go to the um, bus. We watch the game. We go outside. We smoke a cigar, and we're smoking a cigar, and all of a sudden this car pulls up. Hold on one second. I'm fucking saying something. Anyway, I can't do anything about it because I think it's a room. It's somebody so fucking loud talking Spanish in their room. All I hear is, Fucking asshole. Fucking speak English. I'm so fucking pissed right now. It's ridiculous. Uh, anyways, so Lawhead and I go outside and we start to um, smoke the cigar. And we're standing outside. We're talking. We're having a good conversation. And um, we're by a gas station. And like a car wash, which is like on the same side of the street in front of our hotel. But it's right there. You could see it. Like you could throw a fucking baseball to it, right? So this car comes. It's like Oldsmobile, like older burgundy, either Buick or Oldsmobile, fucking scraped out paint. Like the paint was off of the whole fucking body of this thing. And they pull in and like this woman in the, in the passenger seat is like looking at herself in the mirror and the guy just parks next to like the vacuum where you clean your car and the car wash. But it's 3 o'clock in the fucking morning. So Jay and I are just watching him. And my instinct immediately was, you know, the way that this car looks, this guy's not doing good. And I, who washes their car or does anything like, you know, like that at this hour? And it was really close to us. Like, you know, we I could have thrown a ball to him. So um, I'm sitting there, and I'm smoking, I'm talking to Jay, and I just instinct, I was just like, yeah, dude, make sure the bus door is open, because if this guy tried to do something, we could run on the bus, because once you're on the bus and the bus is locked, it's like you're in a hotel, it's just this gigantic fucking, like, hotel on wheels, you know, and you can't get in, it's locked, you need a code, there's no way, like, people could be surrounding it, and you could still call the fucking cops and be fine, so you, I wasn't worried about it. So we were drinking out there. I had a Diet Coke. He had a ginger ale. I had this water in my hand. I'm smoking a cigar. And the guy gets out of the car and he opens all, he opens the trunk and starts looking in the trunk and does nothing. Opens the hood, opens all four doors. And he's like limping around. And it was just really weird, man. I had this feeling that this guy was like, I don't know, but my instinct was, because here's the thing. If something was wrong with his car, he did nothing to the car. He drove away. Okay, he he starts walking around, limping around the car, and he looks over at us, and he just like opens all four doors, does nothing with them open, and finally I said to Jay, I was like, look, man, this guy seems like he's got a lot more to lose. Let's just go on the bus, and Jay goes, yeah, so we drop our cigars, we go on the bus, we lock the door, we close the lights in the bus, and we're looking out the door at this guy. Now, he can't see us, and we could see him, so we were almost on like this fucking stakeout, you know? And he's just lo looking around, and he's acting like he's putting quarters in the vacuum, but never does. Never does. We know, never see him here to vacuum. We never hear to vacuum. We never see him take the vacuum. He's not vacuuming his car. We're watching. So then he starts closing doors. Then he closes his hood. Then he like closes his trunk and he's just still there like doing something. And me and Jay are like, man, this ain't cool, you know. 
And then finally, a big, huge other tour bus, which was, like, not a shitty one. We've seen some shitty tour buses with, like, bands that have, like, you know, bands that aren't, like, crushing it. That maybe have, like, an 80s tour bus. But, like, this one was, like, a million dollar, like, the one we're on. like a, And it had a big trailer in the back so you could tell that there was probably, like, a band equipment or stage stuff. And it pulls in. So now this guy just gets in his car and we're watching him and finally he drives away. Me, my instinct was this. I don't think anything was wrong with this car because he was able to drive away. I think there's one of two things. One, it doesn't make sense. The more I try to think about what the guy was doing with all four doors open and then the trunk open and the hood open and then did nothing, just looked, went to the trunk. I don't know if he had to adjust something, but why would he go next to a car wash or a vacuum and not use it next to this huge bus that has money? I'm thinking maybe the guy's thinking, oh, my God, look at that bus. Maybe we could rob it. I don't know. I could be 100% wrong, but my instinct wasn't right. Jay felt kind of the same way. It just didn't make sense. Anyway, the guy left. We got out. We finished our cigars. We locked everything up. We went to our rooms, and we left, and then that was it, and we're in Lexington. But that was just something that happened that I thought was a little strange. Um, and uh, who knows? Who knows what the deal is? Who knows what, you know, who knows what would have happened? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyways... So now we're in Lexington and I'm in this hotel and some Spanish guy is screaming in the room next to me and it's driving me fucking nuts. Um, all right, let's get to some unacceptables um, and then uh, we'll talk some sports, uh, you know, and we'll do the whole thing. My unacceptable is um, this guy screaming next to me right now who is, I can't tell, I think he's in the room next to me. I don't know. This guy's just screaming. Uh, and he gets quiet all of a sudden, and then I don't know. So he's on the phone. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, like thinking that he's talking to his like really old mother who's in Cuba right now, and he needs to scream fucking span. I, I, that's I'm trying to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. But my real unacceptable is when we were in Mobile, Alabama. We went to eat, and our waitress was a good waitress. She knew the menu. She knew what to get. She was right on. Problem was, she fucking had bruises all over her. Not like abusive bruises. It, it was weird. She had short shorts on, and she had these bruises, like little like dot bruises all over her legs and her arms. And I don't know. I mean, this chick looked like she just came from a fucking karate or dodgeball tournament. You know, I'm trying to eat a salad, and I don't want to see your fucking bruises like that. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, I mean, like, this chick was giving me a salad like she just fucking rolled down a flight of stairs a day ago. And it was gross. And we're looking, and we're looking, I'm going like, what the fuck is, this is unacceptable, man. I'm trying to, like, put some pants on. I don't care that you're a good waitress. Put some pants on. I don't want to see your fucking, you know, your bruises like that. Like, what did you, you know? And she seemed, like, happy and cool and, like, a strong woman. Like, I, we all agreed. Like, I don't, there was no, it didn't even look like abusive marks. It wasn't like that. It looked like, uh, you know, like, they made, they said, like, roller derby's big down here. And, like, they were like, dude, she might be in roller derby. That's, like, how she looked. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck if she's in roller derby. I don't care if she's UFC training. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to eat a salad when my waitress is bringing it over like she just fucking, you know, she had to fucking fight her way out of the kitchen. I, I, I don't want that. It's fucking disgusting and unacceptable. Put some fucking clothes on. These people down south have this thing where they could just leave their feet exposed and their fucking beat up legs exposed. It's ridiculous. You know, it's ridiculous. Chick looks like she fucking flew down a flight of stairs and then she's handing you a burger. It's like, I don't want to fucking see it. I don't want to see it. It's unacceptable. Absolutely unacceptable. 
Um, right? Like, think about it. If you're sitting there eating, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but if you're sitting down eating and you're ready to eat a burger and stuff, why would you, you know, why would you want to see that? I just don't understand why you want to see that. Um, okay. Anyway, I will get into your guys' unacceptables. That was mine, and here is yours. And this is from... Oh, this is a very recent one. This is from Michael Ferreira. Ferreira, yep. And uh, he says he also sent it to unacceptables at gmail.com. i got to see if that's up and running yet. Okay, this is Verzi. I am a service member and a 17-year vet on active duty. During my last tour as uh, as port uh, liaison in uh, uh, Jebel, hold on, yeah, Jebel Ali, I lived in Dubai for just over a year. My apartment was well. First of all, even before anything, Michael, thank you so much for your service and all your years of duty. That's amazing. And I'm doing this shit because people like you, so thank you. My apartment was 20 floors above a popular Irish pub where I got to soak in the culture um, of of the city of Bling. I made some very good friends from England uh, and the Isles of Man and realized that the population was dominated by Westerners, as you may have heard. All the fancy hotels have bars downstairs which all try to outdo each other with drink specials on Fridays where folks start drinking at brunch. Okay, uh, that's okay for a trained Navy guy who lives above the bar. But a lot of people, especially women, forget uh, they're in the Arab world and wind up uh, in real danger, some of which is completely unacceptable. In a country governed by religious doctrine, we know, uh, we know little about what happens to women beneath the black robes there. But we as visitors should know that it's not Miami. That being said, it's unacceptable that a fucking kangaroo court can be so disconnected from humanity that it punishes victims of heinous crimes because they've had a few cosmos. Uh, Over the past five years, there's been too many reported cases of Western women getting raped in Dubai and then getting thrown into jail for public drunkenness or having sex outside of marriage. With respect to these women and the honors that they faced, I say skin these goddamn animals. (laughs) Uh, Please be careful if you find yourself in these foreign areas. If you're thinking of protesting the judicial system or just watching the news, uh, know that it's our right to do so peacefully as Americans. But please remember that we have the opportunity to correct any flaws in a system that overall is one that stands for freedom and justice. Yes, so you do. You have, you have, you're right, opportunity to correct any flaws in a system that overall is one that stands for freedom and justice. To the, um, create, uh, to the creatures overseas committing these crimes and the elders letting them get away with it. Hashtag unacceptable. Join the human race, you fucking animals. I love the Verzi Effect podcast. Keep doing what you're doing, Paul. I hope you got the gear uh, I sent you from the USS New York and hope you wear it proudly at a Yankee game. Uh, anchors away. Mike Ferreira, uh, U.S. Uh, Wow, U.S. Navy Chief uh, Petty Officer. Man, thank you, Michael, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it so very much, and I appreciate you and what you do 
and um you know yeah it's uh i mean god knows what happens to those women you know um that uh you know women getting raped in dubai and then getting thrown in jail for public drunkenness or having you know um it's yeah it's just i don't know man it's it just seems like the whole fucking system over there is is just crazy and flawed and it, you know it makes me happy to be you know not there but people like you that are there you know you see it you got to say something about it but i appreciate everything you do man and um you know i got to tell you i think something that you'll really uh like and everybody else is that when we were in alabama we did go to the uss alabama and we went to this battleship and you do a self tour on and this battleship was fucking insane man we were on a battleship that had all these crewmen from the 1940s with the names of all the men that served on it. And we went to where they eat and where they got their clothes tailored and the bakery on the battleship and the, you know, the where the guns get loaded and where the officers stood at the guns and, you know, where the officers slept and where they ate lunch and like everything they did in their day to day. And the, it's just an, it was an amazing thing to see. And then we went on a submarine. Um. It was, it was, you know, to, to see what some of these guys in the Navy do, going away from their families, being in these vessels, which even though they're big and gigantic, the living quarters aren't great and the living quarters aren't big and, you know, you're going out there fighting for your country. But uh, I recommend anybody that comes to Alabama to go visit that. They had all the airplanes. They had a bomber out there. They had some of the fighter jets out there. And we got to see a bunch of stuff that you don't get to see. And, you know, just, uh, you know, reading about how they got along with their everyday operations and all that stuff was incredible. So um, it's kind of fitting, Mike, that you uh, sent me this. And um, I got to see. I've been on tour, so I don't know if I got any gear from you. I hope uh, I hope to, though. And, um, yeah, man, that's, that's really awesome. So, um, you know, seeing what the guys from the Navy do, man. I mean, I honestly, I was on there, and I was like, fucking what a bunch of pussies we are. You know, it started drizzling and I was like, we got to get out of here. Meanwhile, these guys are taking fucking fire and these guys are taking kamikaze planes coming. I mean, we are such pussies. <clears throat> people that aren't in them, like people that don't understand what these military guys do. It's just so ridiculous, you know, um, to, you know, to, to be on a ship knowing that you got to shoot down planes, they're going to fly into you and all kinds of stuff like that. And, you know, like the shit we worry about today, what these guys had to go through, man, it's just crazy. And I've always said, I, you know, I love the, 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 the service and the military guys are the best. They're the fucking, they're the shit, dude. They're the shit. Like, what are we worried about? What are we worried about? That the fucking Chinese food restaurant that we love is closed this guy's not seeing his fucking wife and new baby for fucking months and years because he's out there fucking fighting these people for us. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Um, so thank you for that. Um, thank you for that unacceptable. It's a great one, and uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure and honor uh, to have you listening to my show, sir. Okay, uh, moving on to the next one. This is from uh, Nathan Tice, and Nathan says he's at McDonald's. Oh, yeah, he's at McDonald's watching this belly gut with his leg. He's watching a guy. He sent me a picture of a guy. And he's at McDonald's watching this belly gut with his legs kicked up like this is his home, enjoying Mickey D's free Wi-Fi. Seriously, man, like you have nothing better to do than bring your laptop and set up shop at McDonald's. Unacceptable. Get a life animal cheapskate. 
And it's just this picture of this guy in like this fisherman's hat with like this lime green t-shirt and a gut hanging over his belt and his legs up. And uh, he's just like acting like this is his little station in McDonald's. He looks comfortable, but yeah, it's, it's uh, put your feet down and go home. Do it at home, dude. You're in McDonald's. What are you doing? What are you doing, man? Um, all right, what else do we got here? This is from, um, okay, this is, uh, this is from Phil Oakley. Phil Oakley sent me a picture of this chick, and she's in, like, a onesie bikini, but, like, the back of it, it's just a SpongeBob thing, and the back of it is a SpongeBob, and it's, like, lined up, where, like, her, her little bikini bottom is, like, SpongeBob's legs and tie, and the back is, like, the whole SpongeBob body. And he says, here's the unacceptable northern animal. I call this giving up. I would call it throwing in a towel, but that seems too much of an effort from this visually selfish pig. This lovely animal was seen in Danbury, Connecticut at Walmart. It's not the undersize of the shirt or the immaturity of the shirt. It's that she took the time to line up SpongeBob's red tongue uh, to her cheesecake factory of an ass. Fuck that shit. It's a wrap. Cage that animal and throw away the key forever. Burr shit in parentheses. What's up to Lawhead? Tell him we miss Lawhead's court. And, and that guy that's headlining, Billy Big Mouth Bass. Yeah, it's just a picture of this fat woman, dude, in this thing. That's just sad. I think she's even wearing, yeah, she's wearing yellow flip-flops. She's wearing SpongeBob. The back of her whole back and fat rolls is SpongeBob's face. And then the bottom is like his pants tie. It's just brutal. It's fucking, you're in a rough time in your life if you're doing that. Thank you for that submission, Phil. And um, let's go to some um, Twitter. Let's go to some tweets here. Okay, um, here we go. We have this one is from Jose12345. And Jose has one, two, three. One, two, three. And then four, five, six, seven O's. So it's Jose, J7OSSE12345, at Paul Rosie. Jimmy Kimmel's new Finger of Shame segment is a total ripoff of TVE Unacceptables. Hashtag Kimmel in a cage. You know what? I don't know that and I never saw it, so I couldn't say if it's a ripoff. I don't know if Jimmy Kimmel even knows about my show. Um, it could be just something that he does, but I appreciate you saying that and... Uh, yeah, fuck all these people. I got there first. How about that? <laughs> no, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, this one is from um, Joseph Marsala at DJ Jam Jam 5150. I have a coworker that never covers his nose when he sneezes, and we work at a restaurant. Uh, and we work at a restaurant is an animal. Put him in a cage. Put them in a cage and hold on. I guess there's a, put him in a cage. All right. Uh, yeah, that's gross. This is Nick A. Rumple Foreskin Seven. Oh, he's a he's a he's a regular. Not mine, but very unacceptable. Guy flicks. Ugh, dude, that's gross. This guy just a, a a fucking oh my god. Guy flicks to use Q-tip on another guy's windshield on the road, and there's just a picture of this Q-tip with fucking yellow shit on either end, just stuck to a windshield. That's fucking gross, dude. Um, all right, this one is from P, uh, PB at Skyranger777. Sports fan 
who brag about their team's titles that they weren't even fucking alive for, a.k.a. Yankee douchebags, hashtag unacceptable. Well, I am a Yankee fan, and I will say this, PB. Um, look, I was alive, you know, I understand what you're saying here, but it all depends on what the argument is. I was alive for the... Well, I was born in 78. I was too much of a baby in the 70s or just born. So I, I, I was alive and ready to watch the ones that I knew about, which was 96, 98, which is one of the greatest teams ever, 99, 2000, and 2009. Those were the Yankee titles, which is still more than, than the majority of baseball teams in the league. But here's the, here's the thing that I have to say. It's only unacceptable if somebody never saw them win and is just like, or like somebody that's like 12 years old talking shit. But you can't really say a 12-year-old's unacceptable. So I gotta, I mean, this sounds like a Yankee-hating thing, because if you get into an argument, at the end of the day, the Yankees won 27 world titles, okay, which totally shits on and destroys anybody else's team. Listen, whether you hate that, or hate to hear that or not, that's fine. What I just said is the truth. The New York Yankees won 27 world titles, okay, uh, at this point, this guy screaming in the house in the in the room next to me is just comical at this point. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I I can't really agree that that's unacceptable until I heard the content of the argument. Um, but yeah, I mean, bragging about something that happened in the fucking twenties and thirties and forties, I guess yeah, you could be like whatever, but it's still it's you still got to show respect to a franchise that crushes it. But thank you for the submission. Um. You know, all right, this is from Dan Phillips at Dan3481. Paul Verzi, blood in the bathroom sink at work. Unacceptable. Put him in a cage. Animals. Yeah, that's gross, and I would definitely tell whoever works there, like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, all right. Thank you for the submission, by the way. This is from Christopher Mark at um, The Real Broach. Uh, the Real B-R-O-C-H. Paul Verzi, working at an elementary school. I'm sorry, working at an elementary school and the only two lunch options are pizza and cheeseburger on a bun. Breeding animals, unacceptable. Yeah, I remember growing up and pizza was always Friday. That was pizza day, but you had nachos, you had chicken patties, you had burgers, you had fries, you had, I think, chicken fingers and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, two options is definitely unacceptable. And thank you for the, um, thank you. This guy, I mean, uh, okay, let's see. This one is from Michael Kelly at MP Kelly 22. And it says, uh, the MM podcast, Bill rant about girls who wear guys clothes home to secure a second date. Paul Verzi, this is unacceptable, unacceptable. Uh, and then it says, um, T A M M P. All right, thank you for the unacceptable. Let's see if we have any more here. You guys hear this? What the fuck? I'm calling, dude, I, I, mean, I got to shower and get ready for this. I'm not going to listen to this fucking guy. All right, this is Ryan Carroll at R-Y-C-A-R-R-O-1-1. Paul Verzi, this guy using protests as an excuse to loot for paper towels and Oreos, unacceptable priority. Um, it is unacceptable, but I find it funny that what they're looting is just basically 
probably towels that they need, and they probably just fucking were like so poor that Orioles blow them away, so they don't even know what to do with themselves. But uh, yeah, that's definitely unacceptable. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the submission. Uh, I'll try to do a couple of more here, and then uh, I got to finish this up and get ready for this show. I also have to upload this show. So let's see if we can uh, find any more here. And um, we will move on. Moving on, man. What a sports day Saturday is going to be. I'll talk about that for a second. Um, unfucking believable, this guy screaming. All right. I guess, I'm a, I guess it's almost done. Let's see. Oh, yeah, and I also want to thank uh, uh, Jordan Wa- uh, Wark. Jordan, thanks so much for the fucking uh, nice, ki- the kind words and uh, you getting on Twitter and coming out to Huntsville, Alabama. It was cool to have a real fan out there. I wanted to make sure that I said that, and I appreciate it. Um, I don't see any more unacceptables here, so I guess... I guess that's it. I'm digging back to before because I know that I've been on the road, so I'm trying to find something here but i think that that might do it so let's get into some um let's get into some sports is that oh here we go i'm sorry josh sellers at joshua d sellers watched a woman dig in her nose for 10 seconds then hold her grandson's hand fucking animal unacceptable yeah that's gross that is gross uh all right guys that's it uh for the unex ah you know what marquez martin at quiz the great 13 uh, Q-U-I-S, the great 13. Paul, went to the restroom at work. The seat is raised with piss all over it, piss all over the rim and the floor. Ugh, fucking animals. Uh, that is unacceptable. Thank you, guys. That is unacceptable for the week. Keep them coming in. I will be back home and, uh, you know, get it on Wednesday night when I get home. I can settle in and uh, be back. But thank you for that. Okay, NBA playoffs have been amazing. Uh, I'm still sticking. I'm still sticking with Spurs, Cavs. I know Kevin Love is out, but you know what? I think with Iman Shumpert and J.R. Smith coming back after only a two-game suspension, I think Tristan Thompson could get it done. I don't think Kevin Love was too much of a factor all season. I know he was averaging 18 points in the playoffs and he was doing well, and they were starting to really gel together well. So that does suck. I know that, but I still think with LeBron, Kyrie, and that bench. I think they could go to the finals for the East, and I think they can go to the finals against the Spurs. I'm sticking with it. Um, really cool to have like went to the Grizzlies and then you know saw those guys and then see like see them playing and you know meeting the trainer and I'm cool with the trainer now. So it was actually cool watching the Grizzlies and uh, into those games as well. Um, Saturday is going to be an insane day for us guys. Saturday is going to be the Kentucky Derby. I am uh, going to be there all day with Lawhead, Lawhead's dad, Burr. We are going to dress up nice, hopefully be in some suits, and uh, gamble all day on the horse racing. And uh, then we're going to watch the Pacquiao fight. There's also rivalry baseball, which I really don't care about. But listen to the Saturday that this is. It's the Derby, which is already scheduled to happen. The fight, which is already scheduled to happen. Two huge things in sports. The Yankees also play the Red Sox, which is a rivalry. I don't really care about it anymore, but that's still there. And then two playoff games in the NBA. It's probably the best Saturday in sports this year, and I'm excited that I'm going to fucking be at one of them, which is the Kentucky Derby, the 141, the 141st running of the Kentucky Derby, and I'm going to be there, which is fucking awesome. So I'm excited about that. And... Um, 
yeah, it's gonna just gonna try to not drink too much to where I'm like incoherent by the main race and the fight because it's gonna be a long day, so you really gotta pace yourself. Um, but that's a problem that I want to have. That'll be after the next two shows that we do, which is tonight in Lexington and tomorrow in Evansville, Indiana. So um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's awesome. I did not get a chance to see um, any movies. We were watching some movies on the. We watched Goodfellas the other night. Um, we started to watch It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World, but, um, it just was getting too late, so, um, and I've been itching to go, we actually, I told the guys, I go, guys, I really want to go to the movie, and they were cool enough where we went to, uh, Hunt, uh was it Huntsville, Alabama, they were like, yeah, let's go check out a movie, and we walked to the theater, and it was this great theater, and there was really nothing playing, nothing good, and, uh, I gotta tell you, man, like, all these fucking grown-ups getting this excited for Avengers, is it is silly to me. It really is silly to me. Like, me and Lawhead were talking about it. It's all CGI stuff. It's all bullshit. It's all fucking sitting in front of a green screen or CGI flying through buildings. You know, I get it. The Hulk is cool. He grabs stuff and he bashes it. But it's a fucking, like, a video game, it looks like. You know? I'm just not into it. I'm not, like, if I'll watch it if I had to watch it, but, like, I'm not, like, like, there are some people that are so psyched the Avengers are coming out, like, it's making their fucking summer or spring, or it's fucking ridiculous, man. Grow up. You're a fucking grown-up, dude. You're a fucking grown-up. Grow the fuck up, man. You're gonna go online. Listen, I'm not trying to shit on you, but, like, I, listen, I can't, I can't listen to a 45-year-old fucking man not excited about it anymore. You know? I get it, like, if you like them and you take your kids, but, like, there's some shit I take my kids to that I like, but I'm not, like, fucking counting the days, man. You're a fucking adult, man. Grow up. Seriously, can, can Hollywood needs to just write, write an original script. It's so fucking ridiculous. Oh, man, that Batman and fucking Superman thing, that's gonna be crazy. I can't, it's like, is it gonna be crazy? Is it gonna be crazy, or is it gonna be a fucking the same thing you saw just with two... I don't know. It just fucking annoys the shit out of me. It's, it's, it's an absolute joke. Um, but I will tell you guys one thing, man. Um, I am missing my family and I cannot wait to get back to my family. You know, as great as this has been, um, you know, want to be there for my little girl's birthday. Um, I, you know, you, you know, I said something on Facebook. I know it's a little corny. I know it's a little cliche, but you pay a price, you know, sometimes for this. And I'm not complaining because I make sure that I'm with my family more than I'm not. And, you know, you make money and you have a good time doing it and, and all that stuff is great. But, you know, being away from the ones you love for a while, it is a sacrifice and it's something that, you know, you have to deal with in this business. But I feel like I'm doing a really good job of balancing it and doing it right and making sure that they feel my presence there. But then there are these couple of gaps, you know, a couple times a year. You know, and listen, there's a lot of guys that travel a lot more than me and they're not comedians and they're away from their family. I get it. And I'm not trying to sound like a pussy to the soldiers because I know that the soldiers and the military guys have to do it even more. And that's even a bigger sacrifice and a bigger thing. Um, and what they're doing is, you know, bigger than anything that anybody's doing. But, um, yeah, man, you just I just want to get back. I can't wait to be back and just hold my kids and be with them. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing that uh, a lot. So uh, let's get into some plugs. The one thing that I really want to plug is uh, if you are in New York, guys, the all-in tour is coming to one of the best comedy clubs in America, right in the heart of New York City, Gotham Comedy Club, me, Joe Bartnick, 
with special guest Giannis Pappas, who's an absolute beast and a dear friend of mine. We are going to be Friday and Saturday night, two shows each at Gotham Comedy Club. It's going to be a great show. Come out. We're trying to pack it out, man. Just come out to the show. It's going to be fucking awesome. Gotham Comedy Club is one of the best comedy clubs in America. It's going to be a great time. And uh, I hope you guys can come to it because, you know, it's top-notch, top-notch staff, some of the best owners of comedy clubs in the country, you know, uh, right up there um, with the owners of The Stand, right up there with the owners of Levity Live. Well, they actually own Levity Live as well, right up there with Nick Costas. Shout-out to Nick Costas in Cleveland. Uh, and I'll be headlining that too. Uh, so you could, go the, the, you could go to my website and you could see all of those, uh, all of the dates. But uh, this... This May, what is it, this, what, no, next, I'm sorry, not this, but uh, next Friday and Saturday, May 9th and May 10th, Gotham Comedy Club, me, Joe Bartnick, and Giannis Pappas, please come out to it, it's going to be awesome, uh, it's going to be a great time, um, so uh, do that, and again, go to the uh, All Things Comedy, at All Things Comedy on Twitter, uh, go to gonzofame.com, allthingscomedy.com, and um, I am getting ready to um, listen to the audio of my album, which uh, I'm hearing sounds great. And we're going to edit that, and hopefully the album release will be sometime in late June, early July. Um, that's what we're trying to, to get done. And, uh, you know, thank you all for the support, and thank you for uh, all you people who are coming out to these shows. Um, tonight is, uh, we are at the uh, Singletary Center of the Arts in Lexington, Kentucky, and tomorrow uh, we are at, I don't know the name of the venue, but we are at, we're in Evansville, Indiana, uh, so come by, man, and if you, you know, if you listen to the podcast, don't come by, say hello, it's going to be a great show, Lawhead, I and Burr, just having a great time, and um, that's it, please follow me, this has been episode 207, I have to run and get ready for the show tonight, uh, follow me on Twitter, at Paul Verzi, that's V-I-R-Z-I, uh, go to paulverzi.com for upcoming dates and news and all that stuff. Uh, and um, that's it. So uh, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Until episode 208, I'm out of here. Thank you. <laughs>